You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. We're at season 10, episode 20. I'm John, I'm your host for tonight, and joined by Tony. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Just the two of us tonight. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, just the, the dream team. Just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dream team, I or the night. Yeah. It's coming off of Halloween. It's maybe the nightmare team. Aye. Uh, <laughs> that, so, aye. Uh, episode 20 already, which seems scandalous when you consider we're only October. And, uh, well, it's not as if nothing's happened in Scottish football, you know? Well, aye. There's been a lot going on this week. I mean, we've got the whole situation, COVID on still ripping into games and meaning games are missed. We had the Scotland game, Betfred Cup, we had the Premiership, obviously. We had the lower league starting again at the weekend. And you've got the Scotland women's team coming up with their double header for the world nor the European qualifiers, I think it'll be. Yes. Yeah, double trigger. Like uh, with that. Yeah, John did a blog. Other oh, John, good John, he did a blog. So I read a wee bit and that was quite good. That was really good though. Get out of your plug. It was good. So um going back to last Wednesday it'll be. Seems like a long time ago. Aye. The Scotland match. Against Czech Republic. Yeah. Um I thought thought they'd done well actually. Probably the best I think I I've seen them. In that three games block, um, in my opinion, it was what I wanted to see. I know last week I was fairly critical of them, um, but I thought in the Czech Republic game they'd done well because there was a team that actually did attack and did have chances, and they, they held up on their own. So I was quite quietly surprised to see how they went on against them. Um, I still stand by, I think, that the next games will be the, the big tests. But um, I, I thought it looked quite promising in that game. Aye, certainly the, the front partnership of Dykes and Fraser, Fraser looks good. Considering Fraser's not an actual striker, he was causing them problems with his runs into the channels and different things like that. And then Dykes has just got that wee bit of skill to set He's the a winner. finisher. That's why he has a finish. He can finish. Um, sorry, Dykes. Um, he's, he's got he's got that um, ability where he can get a goal out of nothing. Um, you know what I mean? So it's good to have someone like that um, up front. And I think Fraser with a goal, I mean, you've got somebody with a wee bit of pace. And I also like the fact that he was kind of not up on top with um, Dykes. So he was kind of playing off him. So the, uh, so he was kind of running onto balls, running past players, and it gives you a different option, um, rather than maybe just having two static strikers up front and nothing happening, you know? Uh, it was interesting because I, I feel like yourself, I think first half we probably played the best we played in any of the three games, but we still never maybe created a lot of chances. However, when we did create a chance like that, we took the chance, that was a big thing. Mm. There was a few, a few scary moments. There was a one for... Get the public Vidra at the back post where it looks easier to score. Oh, yeah. You kind of skies over the bar. Mm. And then there was a moment just after where Gallagher 
kind of headed it back and they almost almost got us into a wee bit of trouble as well. But I think generally over the course, I would say we probably deserve to win. Um, I, th- I think with the way the Clarks want to play, because it looks quite obvious, he's going stick with his three at the back no matter what happens. I think Scotland and our limitations are going to have games against sides that are equal to us and higher up where we are going to be under the cosh. And, and for me, as much as Slovakia and the previous game against Israel were good results, I didn't think the defence was tested that much. Whereas in this game, I thought the defence was tested a, a bit more and they kind of held their own. So in that aspect, I, I was a wee bit more happier coming away for the game because I thought the defence done well. I think yeah. going forward, we are where we are. We're not going to be a team that's going to create chance after chance after chance. No. So it's just about just taking those chances. Hi, I think very much under clock is a case of like trying to stay in the game as much as possible, knowing that you only maybe get two or three chances and you've got to be clinical and take one. Because it is pretty much we're playing for a 1-0 all the time, which Aye. it can be effective, but it's just... Hi, no pretty to watch, as you've said before. The, the thing we touched on last week as well was maybe a kind of bit of selection headache. What will happen maybe when everyone's available? But I suppose it's a good selection headache in terms of having the likes of Christy to come back in, McKenna, um, potentially Griffiths if he gets games at Celtic. With that as well. But the good thing is, I would say these guys that have played these three games are playing possession in the jerseys just now. If things yeah. are well, then they, they might decide, well, let's stick with them. Forgetting James Forrest as well. Obviously, he's to come back from injury as well. But. There's a few. Ah, ah, you're right. And I think it'd be hard in the boys if the next game everybody comes back in. Um, especially if by the time the next games are played, the ones that have been out haven't shown any particular form um, going into those games. Um, and I think that, that'd be harsh. Uh, plus as well, if you're Clark, there'll probably be that thing in the back of your head that they stick with the lads have done well. And who, who seem to know this system a wee bit better. Yep. Or they go with the so-called star players and bring them back in who maybe don't play as well in that system. Aye. Um, so, so, so that's a headache he's got, you know? Yeah. The advantage, I suppose, of this triple header is had more time to work with the players and more time for these players to get used to the system. Because McTominay, he obviously gets slighted for the, the double header last month in terms of playing at centre-back, whereas I thought he was a lot more accomplished looking. Um, we've been helped as well by Considine coming in not been biased but I felt Considine mm. was very solid the, the two games um, wasn't really kind of troubled the only one I would say that I would put back in the team somehow and try and fit him is Ryan Christie because I think he's just got that wee bit of creativity a wee bit of individual brilliance that maybe you need at times <sighs> however looking at the team it might be difficult for him to get into it because I think Clark has decided his midfield three is Jack McGregor and McGinn at the moment, whether McGregor, I still think McGregor just now, and we'll probably come on to it later when we talk about the, the Celtic match as well, I don't feel he's doing enough just now. Um, no, he's not the same player that he was, say, 12 months ago. I don't think McGregor... I thought he said that he's, he's not been doing great. Or sorry, he's not been doing good, I should say. He's just not hit the levels that he has been, and I think people know he can do. Um... Yeah, did you touch on it last week saying he's, he's, yeah. he's playing a different role now? Because obviously at Celtic he plays a kind of deeper role where he has, he has a bit more effective, I think, further forward. But then McGinn's more effective further forward potentially as well. So it's maybe shoehorning players in. Yeah, 
as opposed to getting the balance right in midfield. I still think the balance in midfield is not quite right. I feel mm. we could do with someone in there that's a bit more creative, get our foot in the ball, pass it about um, a bit more higher up the pitch. See, I think Scott Armstrong would be good at that role, but he just doesn't seem to be one of those ones that seem to be in Stevie Clark's main mind as part of it. That three, and I think if you speak to most folk, they, they wouldn't mention Stuart Armstrong either. But I, I always thought of him as a Celtic. Armstrong was a good like box to box, especially Aye. attacking midfielder. Yep. Um, and he seems to be getting a run of games now with Southampton, um, where he's been quite influential with them. So remember, I think, he was in the squad initially, and then he was on the tested for COVID. Yeah, the, the COVID. Yeah, um, he played right wing back. Do you think in the system of uh, just now? Armstrong? Don't know. I, I think. I so think you have Southampton. I know. Yeah, you have that problem uh, being too far forward, and I don't think he's a great defender. For what I remember him as Celtic, I don't really remember him being a great tackler of the ball. I, I know he, he could play in defensive mid, and he was good getting the ball in defensive mid, and then like starting attack. But that was part of it too with Brown. But I, and then he'd sometimes go into like an attacking four. Um, but I don't know about playing on my right, right mid, sorry, right wing back. I think Aye. that's because just because we're short of options there. But O'Donnell did all right, I think, over the, the two games he played. Um, well, he was an attacking threat as well. I think sometimes as well, you get players that come in and there's no pressure for them. I mean, if you look at Constantine, for example, he's probably thinking, well, this is a bonus. I mean, he probably thought his time was over yeah. when he came to Scotland. So he's gone in there. There's no pressure on him. Nobody's expecting him to be, you know, I mean, anything great. And he's just settled down. Whereas if you think of like uh, Robertson, Tierney, I think everybody thinks, well, come on, we expect a performance, especially Robertson. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think giving him the captaincy was a bad idea. Uh, just my personal opinion, because I think there's far too much pressure on that lad to be everything about Scotland. You're probably uh, right. I think even looking back when we had Darren Fletcher, when he was at Man U, we were asking Darren Fletcher to be everything in midfield, as opposed to just having him play the role that he played for Man U, whereby he was a, a holding midfielder, get to the, the so-called better players, or like maybe take out whoever their um, star man is in terms of nullifying their threat. So it's not the first time we've done it, and I would probably agree with you. I Maybe the captaincy could be kind of looked at elsewhere or someone else in the team, but probably part of the thinking is Robertson's a guaranteed starter, just about. Yes, mm. um, much as we actually never really missed him that much we no. against Czech Republic. Um, Personally, I'd probably give the captaincy to someone like McGinn, if I was being honest. McGinn aye. would probably be an ideal captain. Um, well, he, 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 had, he had the armband last Wednesday. Uh, I mean, something some like that, because he's, like you're saying, about going to be a, a starter for most games, I would imagine he's going to be in there, especially with the form he's, he's at this minute in time with Villa. Um, I can't. I can't really see anyone else, but they've chosen Robertson, so um, just have to see how it gets on. But hopefully, it, do, it doesn't put too much pressure on the laddie, you know. Yeah, um, but I suppose three clean sheets is good. Aye, it's, it, this this tournament's a tournament for us. I think we were saying the other week. It's been. I think a lot of people were sceptical of it when we first heard of this Nations League. Uh, people were like, oh, here we go, another one of these kind of inter-total cups for national teams. Yeah. But it's actually 
been a wee bit of a blessing for us. Aye. Um, so the night before the Scotland match, actually, we had a bizarre situation in the Betfred Cup. Albion Rovers and Strunrar finished 15-14 on penalties. <laughs> 15 penalties that Albion Rovers scored. Crazy. Mental, that. What's the longest you've ever seen penalties? The one for me that stands out... Um... Celtic versus Partick Thistle in the League Cup back in, I want to say, 2004-2005 at Celtic Park. Um, and that, they went round the same players again. Uh, and it was, it was just, I think we finished the game nearly about 11 o'clock or something. <laughs> yeah, I, might, I, I don't know about longest penalty, but I mean, one of the worst was seeing us play against Queen's Park at Fur Hill when we got beat by them in penalties. That was not good. God. We're at um, favourite penalty shootouts, obviously Aberdeen v Celtic in 1990. First ever penalty shootout I ever went to, I've <laughs> ever seen. Um, so. Yeah, a long time ago that one, as always. We're at, but you know, obviously the Betfred Cup as well, there was a whole situation about Kamarnik, which we touched on. Mm. Um, they'd asked, obviously, to get their the league game, not played against Lovey, which turned out actually a blessing that it was played. But obviously they get beat by Aiden Fairman last week. I think I'm trying to think when we record if it was Monday or Tuesday. It was the what day was the Scotland game on? Wednesday. Oh, I think, the, the the thing we won. Do we not do it the, the night after the? Aye, the Monday. Game? Aye, so and we'd spoken about come on it, trying to get the game stopped, and then they were they, aye, it had been breaking when we were on that killer. We're going to play the game against Dunfermline. Um, but they've come on. I think they only had about five first team players, and they ended up getting beat by Dunfermline, three um, 0 Who I think Dunfermline would be a pretty good team this season anyway, but obviously Kilmarnock were, were hampered by the players that were missing. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's got, I think it's going to be the same for most teams this season, isn't it? With this COVID, like, it's going to go a week-by-week basis, <laughs> how well the teams are and everything. Uh, and everybody's just going to be in standby to see what's going to happen. Um, you know, you, you may get something good out of it, but you may get some youngsters that would never get a game, may all of a sudden start coming through. I mean, that's the only thing you can look at the positive of it, but um, the Scottish football terms is going to be so disruptive. Uh, I just thought... I, I feel sorry for the League Cup in some aspects, the, the League Cup and um, the, well, used to be the, the Challenge Cup for the lower leagues, because um, it feels like these Cups competitions haven't really got going yet, because of COVID, and there's been other things happening, and you, you know what I mean? And Back in the day, they, they were quite big tournaments, well, not big tournaments, but they were, they were decent tournaments to watch. Like, I remember when Simon got to the final, when it used to be the old B&Q Cup. The old B&Q Cup, Yeah, when it used to be called the B&Q Cup back in the day. Yeah, I remember and the school Cup, it was a school Cup that always rang for me. The Challenge, uh, for the, the League Cup, sorry, yeah, the school Cup, yeah. Um, but, uh, it's, it's just a shame, it's just, it seems to be like in the back burner to everybody at this minute in time. I mean, I think... They obviously had the, the whole plan a few years, years ago to have the group stages and all that type of thing. And at the start of the season, it was maybe all right because it was better maybe than playing friendlies. But now, what we're at, almost end of October, the group stages are still going. Mm-hmm. I mean, when's you've got, I don't know. Um, I, think, I think the whole, you, the you whole only play point. maybe, you can maybe only play three, three or four games to have to win it. Yeah. Well, if you're the likes of Aberdeen or Celtic that's in Europe. 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, the whole point, we're talking about the League Cup here, the League Cup, the group stages was, it was to get more money for the smaller clubs so they could get like a Premier League team or something as part of that group or what have you um, to play. Now, obviously, with there's no fans, these teams aren't going to make any money. If anything, they'll probably make a loss by running the game. So why they never decided just to go back to the old knockout format? I, I don't know, to be honest with you. That would have been so much simpler and, and easier. It would have been sensible, Tony, which, yeah. as we said before, that, that's not something that happens. I suppose as well, it'll be contractual and stuff like that as well, in terms of TV games and different things like that. But I'm sure they could have worked something out. There could have been some kind of, like, I don't know, COVID clause or something like that. That, that made you kind of change how, how things operate. Um, but yeah, the COVID as well, St Mirren on Saturday. So it, I think there'd been speculation they were struggling for players. And then obviously, with it Saturday morning, they, they contacted the mother to say, We've not got enough players. I we had 12 fit players to play. Um, which was well, no well, use. Just... Motherwell were, were no very happy. Or... I was. Morris well, Hills, supposedly. Yeah. Well, Simone, Simone of. Um, according to BBC Scotland tonight, I reply back through Tony Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I think it is. Aye, I said that, yeah. an, an, an email basically um, defending St Mirren and basically saying, calling Motherwell out about it, um, which looks like it's, it may turn a wee bit nasty, to be honest with you. Uh, Aye, it could become maybe a bit of a kind of grudge match, maybe. Yeah, that, that's it. Uh, but what what are the actual rules for forfeiting? So I'm I'm not too sure. With well, the, the rules are a fixture should be played as long as a team can field 13 registered players, one of which has to be a goalkeeper. So whether maybe I'm not defending Morris Ross here, but I think whether he's maybe got a wee bit frustrated because they also suffered when Kilmarnock mm. had the same situation. So Motherwell have like lost a couple of games out of it. Nobody wants to play. So whether there's that, I, I never seen the original comments or heard the original comments in Sportsland. Um, but I think to accuse another club of being making things up, especially mm. the way things are just now and people know being well and different things like that, I it probably doesn't sit well with a lot of people. It's it's, aye, it's not very professional, probably. It's one of those things, isn't it? Um, and I think Scottish Football does, does this the best, where everything's got a wee bit of a hidden agenda behind it. And I think, as a league, we, we are probably the best. Um, and I, 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 I agree with you 100%. I think Motherwell have just probably thought we have money here. This has happened to us again. And especially, I think, the timing of it. I yeah. think it was only maybe was it three hours, four hours before kickoff or something. Aye, because I think I was kind of checking my phone. I think I was on my phone, and then I could see the, the news come through, and I was like, "It's a bit weird the day of a game, but mm. there's not much you can do." I know there's going to be an investigation into it anyway. Um, well, there's already. I mean, I was listening as well. The BBC Scotland was saying that the SA, SPFL already got an investigation into the Kilmarnock. Yeah. Um, game. Um, so I mean, that's, there's another investigation. It'll be Christmas. There'll be more investigations and games going ahead, I think. Aye. I thought you were going to see more investigations than what you'd seen in an episode of Columbo or something like that. <laughs> no, I wasn't that quick-witted, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you you're just trying to avoid any uh, special titles with your name in it this week? Aye, definitely. All I'm saying is, I mean, la- last week I said I'd be watching the Celtic Rangers game and having chocolate buttons. After 60 minutes, I was having <laughs> Cadbury Rolls. 
<laughs> well, you probably bring it in at a good time, actually, because we may as well kind of talk about it now. I think we were kind of chatting before the before the game started. I think, and it's been something that's come up a few times this season. I think you've agreed with me. The midfield of Brown, McGregor, and then Charm. I don't think is required. I don't think you need the three of them all in that midfield. No. Where is your creativity in the middle of the park? It's supposed to be in Cham, but he's, he's it's very divided on him. Um, a lot of people seem to think he's grey, um, and then I think there's people think he's rubbish, and I'm kind of I'm in that kind of middle where I think uh, he has occasional games where you think, oh, you don't, you're, you're doing well here. Yeah, I'm thinking a lot you away. You had a great game over there. Yep. But then he has too many games like he done against Rangers where the game just totally goes by him. He, yeah. he just he, he just looks lost. I, I don't know if it's confidence or if it's a formation or... Or whether he wants to be there. Yeah. He was I, one of the ones that was speculated to be wanting away. But that's been for a while that's been happening. But you still think, surely be professional, do your job. And especially in a game like that, we are... You're probably having more eyes on you than any other match in Scotland. Well, yeah. I, I remember in, in Sham against St Mirren away. Now, I think it was the last season, or maybe in the season before. Um, the way everything is, I'm going to get confused with the seasons. But um, it was at um, Paisley, and I think he got sent off after like 10 minutes or something. Or, um, he got sent off um, in those 10, 15 minutes he was on. He never looked like he wanted to be there. He, he, he just he, he just won't look so disinterested. And again, that's what he was like to me uh, on Saturday. And to be to be fair to him, he wasn't the only one. I mean, th- there was plenty of them out there that, that looked like it was like a testimonial game, to be honest. I, um, yeah. I, think, uh, it's, I, would, I think you would struggle to find a player in the team that would get pass marks for Celtic, okay. looking at it from a neutral point of view. Maybe Griffiths, when he came off the bench, was quite lively. Mm. I mean, f- first of all, you need to say Rangers played brilliant. I mean, I mean, they they, they played the game without actually going into top gear. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would say they were in second gear during the whole game. Um, the thing that that kind of not woke me up, but made me think, God, the, the Celtic are really struggling. Is there was a time I think it was midway through the first half, the ball went to Morelos. Morelis just held it and without looking had the pass left out to Kent without even looking he knew where he was yeah. straight away out to Kent Kent crosses in and I think the ball went out but they knew straight away where everybody was going to be whereas Celtic again the ball at the back and it's been highlighted by I think at most folk that it was just passed through the back Ayer Duffy Duffy Welsh Welsh back Duffy Duffy Welsh Back to Ayer, and Ayer would maybe play it out, out right um, and come back, go all the way back across again, maybe go to Laxat, come back again. And there was just nothing happening, you know, whereas Rangers knew exactly what they were doing. Um, so you, you've got to give Rangers a hell of a lot of credit. They took the, the goal well, they, they, they basically minimised. Any problems with the Celtic attack? For yeah. Them? Do you think? 
Do you think Lennon was too concerned about what Rangers are going to do as opposed to taking the game to, to them? Because looking at it as well, you look at Rangers midfield, Rangers midfield was Arfield, Davis and Kamara, who are all kind of very much central midfielders. They're going to sit probably in the middle quite solid. Mm. And maybe do you think he's going to try and he's tried to march up in the middle with three? Um, that are maybe going to be a bit more combative and get stuck in as opposed to having like I thought the game was crying out for a Rodgers or a Turnbull earlier on someone that's going to provide the front two with something a wee bit different as opposed to just as you've said before a few times in the podcast this year getting it to the wingbacks and the wingbacks weren't doing much either because they were there was there was no threat even from the wingbacks either no. Frimpon seemed as if he was scared to like take his man on, which is unusual. Frimpon's mm. always like pretty confident in terms of getting outside the byline. And actually, Rangers, when you looked at them, Tavernier and Barrett weren't doing their usual in terms of, like bombing forward. They were actually tucking in quite a lot and actually making the pitch quite narrow. So there was space for I think the wing backs to go into. But they, well, I, 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 I personally think. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've said for day one, I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll always support Lennon when he's in charge of the team, but I'm not. I'm. I never wanted Lennon as a manager, and I've, I've big doubts about him. And I think Saturday was one of those games where it just kind of justifies my doubts. Where I think he tried to push the wing backs up, and I think he was telling them push up as far as you can, push up as far as you can, and then because there was so much space at the back, I think the wing backs. Lacks it from Pong. Didn't know what he actually do, because I think they've, they've been told to push up. But obviously, if you're in the parking, you can see that there's runs coming left, right, and centre, and the Celtic defence is not handling it. They were kind of caught in this no man's land. Um, it, it's 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 just frustrating because I personally I I thought when I heard Julian was out and Beaton was out, I thought we would go back four at the back. Yeah. I, I, I never. I'd heard a rumor about Welsh, and I thought, no, it's just one of these things. I would. The team was supposed to leaked in yeah. Friday, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd heard about that, but I just thought somebody's after here. There's no game play. A lad, he's only he's only ever played one game, um, in in, in the back. So I'd, another thing was Klamala as well, because we've always said he, he doesn't seem to have any faith in Klamala, but then all of a sudden he gets flung in. Straight away. Um, That'll be Lennon now. He'll be saying, oh, my point's proven. Aye. Won't he? Sometimes, and this is a problem, and there's, there's a lot of things uh, with, with Lennon, because this whole thing about the mole as well, to me, this is like a, another a tactical plan to like try and get it away from him. Uh, I, to me, it doesn't make much of a difference. He was certainly full of excuses. I think it's one of those he should have just taken on the chin Rangers have been the better team in the day, whether you've had players missing or not. And who's to say whether these players would make a difference or not? They might have done, but they weren't available. So Rangers will beat the team that's in front of them. Aye, and I would, agree. would Lennon be complaining the other way around if they no. had to play a Rangers team that was inferior and had players missing? And Rangers did have a couple missing, maybe that would have played. Um, I thought tactically Rangers were very clever. You notice at times, mm. they obviously looked at the inexperience of Welsh and quite often you had Morelis going out and mm. actually dropping onto Welsh so that he could be a bit more of a, an option there. And Morella seems to have developed as a player. He's not scoring. He seems to be getting asked to play a different kind of role, whereby... I still, think he had, man. I still think he has his moments. I, I still think that... Mar- Mar- 
Somebody was talking about this one of the other podcasts I was listening to about they said Morelos and Brown seem to be more focused in the battle between themselves at times than the actual game. And I think that started to happen again. Now, you can look at it two ways. You can say, oh, that's the two of them losing their heads and they just don't know what's going around them. Or you can look at it as, as our Rangers ploy to get Brown off his game and you know, I'm, I, I don't think would it's you, that clever, would, you use Morel, would you use Morelos to do that, though, when you know that Morelos can risk himself getting sent off? I think you would maybe... Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, that, that's the two viewpoints I think you, you get out of it. But um, for me, I, I didn't think Morelos had a great game for Angels. He, he was effective holding the ball up and getting get it across. Again, he could have he could have easily cost them. You know, I mean, if the referee sees him... Um, with a tap or slap of the back of Brown. I, I don't think it was anything major, to be honest, to moan about, but it could possibly have been a red in any other day by another referee. But um, I don't I, think particularly there was any great individual performances. I think it was a great team uh, performance. That was the thing about I, Rangers. They were, they were a, a proper team. Mm, um, there was no passengers. No. They had a bad game. They probably were all sevens. Kind of like that, you know what I mean? They were all... Mm. Good that way, um, and it's, it's just there was very little threat from Celtic, which was surprising. Was it? I heard a start the first time since two thousand nine they've not had a shot on, on goal, oh, shot on target. I'll be honest with you, it's the first time I've came away from a game probably in a long, long time, probably even since maybe Seville, where I've actually felt really, really dejected. Really, I mean, because I think there was always that thing about the ten in a row. But you kind of thought, oh, we'll win this quite easily. And then even this season, we were still winning games and you were thinking, oh, we'll be all right. But now after watching that, and I know people say, oh, but Christy wasn't there and Edward wasn't there. Christy and Edward were there when we get beat off of Stevie Gerrard last season at Parkhead. And they were there when we just won the League Cup final. Uh, and if you go if you go back to that in the League Cup final, everybody, all the Celtic fans like myself, said afterwards, "We'll never play that bad again. We'll play up Celtic Park. We'll play just as bad." And again, we all said, "Oh, won't know do that." And then we've done it again. I Rangers seem to have their behind just now, don't they? In terms uh, of the matches, and, which and can be you crucial. know what? The, the, I think a lot of Celtic fans are kind of waking up to this because if if you look, I mean, it's not always the greatest, bar, greatest barometer, but if you look at social media. There is a lot of Celtic fans now saying, well, we need to get a finger out here because Rangers are, are definitely in here for the long run this year. Yeah, the only thing I suppose you could say about the defeat last season, after that, Celtic went on a right good run of games, but you can't well, th- this think is that'll the happen again. It's just now, the, I think the problem just now is you've got not in just the context of the match itself. You see Celtic fans all over social media this season saying performances are just not there. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, there's been bad. I mean, we were talking about only a couple of weeks ago about the St. Johnston game. I mean, literally, we scored two goals in the last, what, two minutes? You know what I mean? And that made the scoreline look as if it was quite a breeze. But you forget that they had the post before that, and we yes. created nothing during the whole game up until <laughs> the goal. Um, there was a game against Dundee United, which I said we. We looked off when I said at the time if Dundee United had a decent striker, they could have capitalised. Um, the only game that has really stood out so far this season 
has been the Hibs game, and mm-hmm. that was probably the first half, and that halfway through the second half. But other than that, there's been nothing that's you, you've sat there and thought this is great. Yeah. And, and this is what I was talking about Scotland actually in a weird way, in the sense that you can get away with results when things are going great and you're playing bad, things are okay. But as soon as you then hit the buffer against a team that's equal to you and you're playing bad, that's when you start panicking. Um, and that's what I was saying about Scotland in the sense of we've been getting away with these results against teams of the same kind of level, but against other teams, I worry that we do like Celtic have done and they've kind of had the skids a wee bit, you know? Oh, you're all right anyway. You've got us not stopping the league, so you can't struggle. <laughs> oh, do you uh, know what? You, you, somebody was saying this, and they were saying that Aberdeen's probably the the league kings of the minute because we've got using the cup, we've got using next next weekend, and our game in hand is against you boys. Yep. Um, and you, you know things are serious when. I've read so many, and I, I have to agree with people that are saying, I'm not that bothered about AC Milan. I'm more worried about Aberdeen away. Uh, Aberdeen I mean, we're obviously was... playing better. Um, I'll be interested to see if we line up the same way as we have in recent games. The thing about, to continue with Celtic, is the tactics have been quite interesting conversations in the podcast the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Even aside from the fact of whether he changes things or not, one thing that stands out to me is Celtic don't really have any wingers available just now. The only one that they've got is El Nussi. Who, he plays him up front. He, he's playing him up front just now. So even if we was to change it, you looked at that bench, it was all like-for-like like substitutions. There wasn't anyone to come on that was going to change it and necessarily change things. Who have you, else have you got Mikey Johnson to come back? You know, a player, but you've not got a lot of... You've not actually got a lot of wins. So he's obviously set his stall in that season. It's, this is the system and this is getting played. Mm. See if it doesn't. It worked last season, towards the end of last season. However, if it doesn't work, what's the fallback plan? There, there is no fallback plan. And I think you noticed that um, on Saturday because at half time he should have made substitutions. How he can sit there and watch that and think that there's nothing needs to be done to change that team or, or to jazz it up or to, to do something with it. Because he just went with the same formation, same players. Nothing changed, and it was about till the 60th minute, I think, before he started. But even then, he still never tinkered with the formation. No, it wasn't until well, about five minutes ago, Ibrahim's on Turnbull for Welsh. Yeah, but that's, I mean, what, what, what point, what's, what's the point of that at that point? Do you know, right. 2-0 down? No, had a shot and goal. Exactly. You know I mean? um, but we're definitely seeing now signs. Rangers are winning more of these bigger games mm. at the moment, certainly. All eyes, oh, everyone's saying, I think we are getting a title challenge this year. Well, I've said to you, to you guys on this podcast before that this season's a big season for Celtic in the sense that one, I've, I think if they don't win 10 in a row, heads will roll, to be honest with you, because everything's been building up for this. They've had such a long period of time where they've had a chance to be ahead of Rangers. And you know what, I, I appreciate you can't win the league all the time and all that kind of thing. And I understand people saying that you should have the God-given right. But from the starting position we were at, even to starting position we were at maybe three, four years ago, we should be able to win 10 in a row. That, that, that should be done. That should be a given. But the fact the Rangers have came 
back so strongly and we've regressed so badly. It's, it's quite alarming. And then also going into next season, I think as a club, when the 10 in a row settled, whatever happens, I think European results will then start to become more important. Yeah. Because I think European results have been hidden by the fact everything's been 10 in a row, 10 in a row, 10 in a row. Once that's all finished with, then I think managers will maybe be looked at more with European results, especially with the fact that that's a major income coming in for the club. Well, I think it's Celtic anyway, the last few years, that has been the big thing as European results because you're winning everything domestically. It was almost like, well, we need a test, we need some kind of test, something a wee bit different. Um, you know what? They get, they get away with it, John, because what happens is they get beat off a Cluj or they get beat off a Maribor or they get beat off a French Varus. And then, say, for example, they win the league. It gets all forgotten about that those games happened. And then we start around again, and it happens again. And then it gets kind of forgotten because everybody's obsessed with the 10 in a row. So that's what I'm saying. I think once that's finished, I don't think it'll be acceptable as what it has been for us to lose games in Europe. Yeah. And then I suppose the other thing is we're able to touch on recruitment. Has the recruitment been great over the summer? In terms of who's come in, I do you know what I didn't think it was that bad. I've seen us have a lot worse transfer windows. Put it that way. Um, you know what you got? Obviously, the keeper came in. Ayeti came in. Um, Duffy came in. Um, the left back, Lax, Laxus. That's how. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, he's came in. Um, so I mean. I'm sure there's someone else who I'm missing. Um, but, um, Dumbo. Dumbo, aye. So, uh, it wasn't the worst that we've ever had. Um, so, obviously, you would think the, these are players are Lennon's, are Lennon's either targeted or he said, yeah, I want them in my team. I want them to play for me. So, he's he's got the players and nobody's really left. You know what I mean? The squad's more or less the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be- be- bear in mind, he made that big thing um, about players not wanting to play for them after the French Varus defeat. If they didn't want to be there, they need to go. Nobody left. Aye. Um, I've seen a few folk give it, making Barkas as a fall guy, saying that he could have done better. Like, he probably could have done better for the goal, but yeah. I suppose you've got to consider as well. It's quite early in his Celtic career in terms of settling in as well. and Maybe... At the bigger clubs, you don't get that time to settle in as much. Yeah, the, the problem is we, we've had Fraser Foster. It's probably, you I mean, paved over the cracks in, in our defence for a long period. And before that, Craig Gordon, who did have his moments, but was a very good shop stopper. Uh, and I think now we've just, we've got probably an average goalkeeper. A, a reliable average keeper, I think. I don't think he's anything spectacular. But certainly... The defeat on Saturday wasn't his fault, and I wouldn't start putting all the blame on him. Yeah. If he starts getting into a situation where, like, week in, week out, he's making howlers, then I fear those. But, you know, I, I, I don't think it's time to start blaming the goalkeeper, to be honest yeah. with you. It's interesting. You look at your side, and you look at the Rangers side, mm-hmm. all of them were players away there last season. Yeah. Well, just... It's another thing as well, and this kind of ties into Celtic. 
is confidence in the team and confidence in the manager. I, I don't think Celtic players have confidence in A, the other members of the team and B, the manager. I, I don't think they're... I, I don't know. I just, I just they, they look like a bag of nerves when they go out there sometimes, especially at the back. And... Just I don't know they they just look totally devoid of ideas. I mean Saturday was the big one for me. I mean to not have a shot and goal. And I know people I know people have stuck away there and said oh like this player's out and that player's out. But still wasn't it a bad team. You know what I mean? I mean we as Celtic fans have been slagging Rangers off for ages saying oh they've been a rubbish team and they've been lucky and they're not that great a team and all this. So that team that we put out should have done damage, or at least gave them an effort. An effort, you know what I mean? And it's disappointing, it really is. But there's definitely more going on behind the scenes, in my opinion, that yeah. than is made out. Aye, I suppose the thing is though, okay, you're four points behind, but you've got a game in hand, and obviously yeah. you've still got Rangers to play another three times. So mm. maybe the overreactions in certain quarters are a bit over the top when you consider the successful. Um, players at Celtic, and I'm pretty sure they will regroup. Um, but I'm quite concerned think... the fact that obviously you'll have Edward and Christie to come back and face us because they're both players that, that cause damage against most teams, but um, they scored a few good goals against us. I think it's the frustration that that's was because like fans who watch the games and obviously listen to the podcasts and all that kind of stuff, like ourselves and. You can see it week in, week out that they haven't been firing all cylinders, but they seem to be just like the the pro Lennon fans and the management of Celtic just seem to be focused on the actual results. Oh, we've won, we're okay, we're okay. Whereas people that watch Celtic no can tell you go, listen, we don't look good at all. I mean, even my prediction, I said I'll go for a draw. I wasn't even confident for a yes. win. You know, um, and that's 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 what the problem is, and I think there's a lot of frustration because nothing's changing. We're still playing this formation, which could be good if he's right. But well, I suppose it will be maybe whether there's a case of Griffiths and Edward can re-establish a partnership that was so, so successful in the last season. Um, Rangers, obviously, they've got their European tie as well coming up against Standard Liège away. Yeah. What do you think? Their chances there. They've had good results in Europe over the last couple of seasons. I think Standard Liège are top three just now, I think, in Belgium. They're doing pretty well. The league's pretty tight there over there. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know what, what kind of level Standard Liège are at at the minute. You know what I mean? I know, well, like, what, five, six years ago, they had a cracking wee team at one point. Uh, that being said, uh, Rangers in Europe seem to be like a different force. I mean, they seem to be confident uh, going into these games. They seem to be well drilled. Um, I mean, they've had results against Galatasaray. You, you know what I mean? The, again, would have been a team you would have thought if you just looked at the names would have possibly bet Rangers. Um, they got a good result over in Holland against Willem Twe. So, uh, yeah, I... I mean, I don't think there's anything to fear for Rangers, to be honest with you, um, without knowing too much about uh, standard Liège form, but uh, you'd, you'd be quite quietly confident, I would imagine. But they've only lost one in the league this year, standard Liège, so they're doing all right. Good for your young players, by all accounts. Keep our Bodar, 
Uh, midfielder Raskin, who's broken through this season. Striker that's been doing all right as well. Balakswa got a couple of goals in four games. He's supposed to be quite bright. So I know a guy that follows Belgian football and he's been quite impressed by their young players. So see what happens. But I think Rangers will have, have enough to get to win the match. Um, I, I, th- I, th- I think, would you call it? It should be confident just going by previous results in Europe for them. Um, so hopefully to get a wee result for Scottish football. That'd yeah. be quite good, you know what I mean, get the coefficient up. Aye. Um, so I had a wee afternoon of watching football because I watched the old fun game. Oh, well, if you're still allowed to call it that because uh, I know some people <laughs> don't like that. Um, and then I had the Dundee United against Aberdeen. So the, the new firm, as it's called, I don't know if it's, it's obviously not quite the same these days, but still it's called that. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Do you still look at Dundee United as like your big derby? It's weird. I mean, I suppose I think if fans were there, you'd be right up for it because there's always a good crowd that goes either way. Um, the difficult thing from being a, a one club city, you don't really have a proper derby. Mm. That's the thing. Like you don't have like the big. You look forward to the games against uh, Rangers and Celtic, especially the last few seasons when you think we're doing well and players are getting up for it and all that. I suppose maybe Dundee United being back and if they can sustain being back in the top league for a while, maybe there's a chance it happening again, depending on what happened at Dundee United, but at the moment, no. I wouldn't say no, so. Is it just like a, a normal game for you when you would get aye, to it? Aye. Um, but yeah, Dundee United back in the league, Abbott, we played really well on Saturday. Um, it's weird. Finished 0-0, however, we create, <coughs> pardon me, created probably about seven or eight really good chances that I feel... We'll come on to the game tonight um, against Hamilton, whereby I feel we never probably played quite as well. However, we were clinical and we took our chances. That was probably the difference. I would say we played much better against Dundee United than what we did tonight. But football, funny old game, as they say. We draw 0-0. Um, probably just a few times in the final third whereby decision-making wasn't quite quite on point. Um, there was a time whereby Hedges was through should have played the ball through to right. I think if he plays it through earlier, um, right should score. With a couple of long-range efforts for Hayes and Hedges, which are both good. Seagrass makes good saves to them. I like Hedges as a player, but I do feel at times he's a wee bit slow in terms of making that decision. He could play the ball a wee bit quicker, and I think mm. that would lead to more kind of chances or clearer chances. Um, the other one as well, where the, sh- oh, the penalty shout, definite penalty. You- Shankland, I don't know how that's that's not given. Um, seems a bizarre one. I think if that if we get a penalty decision, I think it's a, a very different game. I think we would have won the game quite comfortably. Um, however, aside from that, we still had enough chances to win the game, so that's the frustration. Because um, we had a header, Hoban header, um, which was saved. We had a moment as Owen Scott Wright was had an opportunity out in the left, and I feel he went the wrong side of the keeper. He went to his near post, whereas mm. I feel we should have curled it and went called it round it. I think that would have been a better option. Um, so frustrations in terms of that. Um, I think as well we had McGinn. He came on just after a free kick. Or came on, hit a free kick straight away and Seagrass again saved it. So plenty of options. Plenty hit, plenty, plenty chances. Um, but just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. You'd be, you'd be complaining if we didn't have the chances. It would be different a 0-0 game if you weren't getting the chances. 
and it finished now right. against Dundee United. But saying that, Dundee United probably had the, the best chance of the game when they broke forward. Oh, the, yeah, seen that with the boy was one on one. Boy Logan Chalmers threw in goal and should score. Lewis makes a terrific save. So, like, much as you're disappointed with getting the draw, the performance was really good. So, in contrast, as you said about Celtic and performances, maybe, maybe been great when you have winning games. I couldn't, I couldn't have many complaints apart from the fact we just weren't clinical in the final third. Um, but as I say, that was rectified tonight against Hamilton, whereby the first half we just, it was just about everything we hit went in. Um, what else? So I've not seen the, I've seen the highlights from the Aberdeen Dundee United game, and I, yeah, I agree with you from, from what I'm saying. It was basically it was all Aberdeen with chances. Um, yeah, you nearly get caught out with, with that boy going through one and one with the, uh, the keeper. Um, but uh, you should, you should, and, and another day, you could have been like three 0 up at half time. Had that many chances. Um, the, 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 the keeper had a weird game because he made some good saves and then he got lucky with one. I think it was a corner or something. He's kind of went to that. He's dropped and he pushed it backwards, and the boys cleared it off the line, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there was also another penalty, I think, at the edge of the box. Trying to think. Was Aberdeen player turned and he got clipped? And I don't know if, if that kind of. Led up to the corner kick where the the Shankland handball came in. Um, That's really that bell. I'm sure I've seen that, and I thought well, that, that could have been a penalty. But um, I, it's it's good signs because as I always say, as long as you're creating chances, then at some point you will finish, start finishing them. Oh, exactly, yeah. Obviously tonight you've taken your chances. I think it's just one of those games where. You could have been there for another 90 minutes and probably not scored, to be honest. Yeah. It's just one of those games. Probably the big thing that came out from the game at Saturday was folks saying, ah, if we had a striker and the team a proper striker, we probably would have won the game. Um, the chances that we had, not to disrespect Watkins, but Watkins is doing a job up front whereby he's not an actual striker. So maybe you have a striker in there we're scoring tonight. We put Edmondson, the boy we've got on Leeds, on Lauren. Um, mm. He played up top. And Watkins kind of played off. I mean, Edmonton scores two goals, um, like good striker goals, um, finishes really well. So, is he a good striker? Has he got a bit of pace about him, or is he just a, a poacher? Kind of big, he's quite a big lad. Um, we've only kind of seen a kind of couple of fleeting sub appearances whereby there's been times he's looked like the game opening game of season against Rangers. He came on, he looked all right. Mm. Then he obviously picked up the injury, so he's maybe coming back to fitness. Oh, yeah, I think there's a player in there that he's probably got a bit of the cause growth about him. Um, so I will see. There's, there's certainly could be someone that potentially could be a signing because I think he's out of contract at the end of the season. Mm. So whether I, I would I would expect if Cosgrove has another good season, um, Cosgrove will end up moving down south. So it could be we get Edmondson in a free and it might end up in a good bit of business. Um, Is Cosgrove yeah, still injured? Is he still back on the bench tonight? Um, uh-huh. So he'll, he'll be back in contention soon for a for a starting place. I would think. But it's just whether it would affect our style of play too much because we've been playing obviously a lot more attractive football this season. It's one of Frenchies play with two behind, isn't it? Like two attacking Oh, it has been. It's been almost like a 3-4-3, three, three, but the, it's a it's a narrow three. Mm. So Hedges and right or whoever's in these positions are almost playing as tens as opposed to wingers. And it's worked quite well because our wing backs are both actual by trade wingers. Mm-hmm. So they are 
pretty high up the pitch. So you've got generally it's Hayes on the left. He's been the guy that's been putting the left on the right. It's been Matty Kennedy when he's a fit. He was back on the bench tonight. We've used McLennan there. We've even used Hedges there as well. Um, so that position is probably the one that kind of still needs to get decided upon in terms of who's the number one player there. Um, I would Kennedy, have kept Celtic, to be honest with you. He's terrific. I mean, he still just gets up and down that line all day. You, you know what you're getting, 100% commitment. Good player as well. He's just a good player. Good good all-round player. Good guy to have about the club. Um, he got a head knock early on tonight, which looked kind of quite serious and ended up playing on for about another kind of half an hour or so and then went off. I think they said it was a groin strain, but whether he was impacted a wee bit by the head knock, I don't know. So hopefully he's all right for the Celtic game because I think mm. as well he'll maybe feel he has a kind of bit of a point to prove there. Yeah, yeah. With that, um, aside from that tonight, Lewis Ferguson scored an absolute screamer of a goal. Um, and then Edmonton set it up, but it was a hedges dummy, probably could have made it. And it, he wait till you see it, absolute screamer. Um, boys obviously full of confidence. And McCrory was rested, I think maybe in mind in the game on Sunday, sort mm. high Sunday. Um, so McCrory and McLaren. We're both on the bench because McLaren, I felt, had a good game on Saturday against Dundee United. So we, we've got options. That's the thing about the squad this season. There's options there. Um, and I think if you even maybe you could still have a decent game mm. and be worried about your place because there's, there's that much competition for places. And then there's guys back in tonight on the bench like Cosgrove, Greg Lee, who's returned and signed, and Kennedy coming back to fitness. So the only ones probably that are out just now is Devlin. Um, main, I think, is a lot of favour. I don't think he's going to go get a sniff. Um, and John Campbell. So The way so, you're talking about Aberdeen, I think it'll be Cabri Cream Eggs for me on sun, Sunday. Cabri Cream Eggs, well. It's getting worse and worse. My, my hope, as I say, going into the game, is that we still play this system that we're playing just now. Because mm. it's just it's so much so much more plays on the eye, but also as well, we're just we're creating chances. He does have a tendency, McInnes, to change the system. Aye, especially against I, And I would hope, especially with the fact you're, you're a bit of a wounded animal, which can work one or two ways. We can either try and come out like we've performed in the first half of the last few games, all guns blazing, and try and hurt you because you're maybe lacking a bit of confidence, mm. as opposed to, don't, don't give you too, I don't think we need to give you too much respect just now. I think we need to be in your faces, pressing, and I think we can potentially get this out, but I've said that many a times before over the years, and Celtic just seem to have that wee bit about their teeth when they play us. I actually think Celtic raise a game when they play Aberdeen, or the bigger games, I think Celtic yeah. thrive on them. Do you know what as well, and again, I'm not making any excuses, but I think sometimes the Celtic, Celtic play with the crowd. The crowd's a huge advantage with Celtic. In Aberdeen games, the crowd does tend to be good, especially up there when you've got the away fans like all packed in and what have you. Um, for me, I, I'd hope that Aberdeen would be defensive and let Celtic do the play and then try and hit us in the counter-attack because I think we could maybe deal with that better. Um, whereas I think if you came out and attacked us... I think we might struggle, to be honest, just by how nervy our defence is at the minute. Whereas I think if you've done, which you've done a couple of times, because I remember when you played as a Parkhead, um, the one where you won 2 1, the last game, was it 1 0? The last game I seen 2 1? Oh, was it one where you'd won the league? 
Aye. You've um, won the league in uh, the Shea Logan. Uh, it was the last game of the season, wasn't aye, it? Aye, aye. Yep. aye. Uh, and he played well. That He, he came and attacked Celtic. Um, whereas uh, there's been a lot of games where you've just kind of defended. I mean, is Yeah. Like, like sat, off against, too much, sat off yeah. you too much and giving you too but, much respect. Like, to be fair, you've done that against Rangers, I told you, first game of the season. You kind of just sat off them. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd prefer you to do that, but just need to wait and see what the formation is. But I think if, after tonight's game, I think if you could talk about Hamilton, they'll, they'll be worrying because that's nine goals they've lost in two games. <sighs> you wonder with Hamilton whether they're almost trying to be a bit too positive in their play. Aye. Whether they maybe need to get back and go right, let's because they're playing four four two, which is good, admirable with the two up front. And actually, sometimes when you're playing that, you've got two banks of four hard to break down. But I don't feel they are hard to break down just now. I think they need to get back to right. Let's be compact. Let's be hard to beat. Let's keep the two up front. But maybe try and play a bit more on the counter. It's admirable that Rice is trying to be a bit more positive. But it could cost them. I mean, every season the Hamilton are speculated it's going to be them that goes down. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I know they obviously play a lot of young players as well. So they they've got good energy about their team, and they they, they cost that. Don't get me wrong. They've cost us problems tonight. I mean, they had a, a pretty bright Did start. Didn't play. Or was injured? I don't know. No, he, he didn't play. Um, because the nob was like 50-50 for him tonight. So I mean, played. much as we went four 0 up, I mean they got back into the game not long before half time, and then they get back to four two. Was I worried when they get back to four two? Not overly, but in terms of I've seen the body Spurs and West Ham game at the weekend and um, how that went. So you just never know in football. It's been a, a kind of crazy season so far. Hamilton seemed to do that though, because I remember this, when we played them the first game of the season. I may be wrong, but I'm sure we were three 0 up, and they pulled it back to three two. I'm sure. I'm sure of it, and we ended up winning five two. Well, they, and, they did against St. Johnson the weekend. Yeah, they were three 0 up, and then they got back yeah, to three two. Three two. Yeah. Then went four two, then four three, and aye, then obviously aye. scored. So, but they're scoring um, goals, like, but they're, mm-hmm. you can, Hamilton can't go into an approach where we'll score more goals than you. They, I think no. they need to get back to basics. Look at defence. The defence is not strong enough to do anything. No, it's that's quite a young defence, right? quite a young team overall. Mm. They maybe need a couple of experienced heads to try and to try and see them through, help them out a wee bit. Do you know what? It's probably logic going away. It's probably been a big blow to them. Having something like that, a defensive midfielder who can maybe steady the ship. Aye. But they've, they've not got him to, really, I don't think. Um, that You could say, just calm everything down, what have you. Yeah, I did not. They've probably not got any kind of real good senior pros that they've had in the the last few years, but even that, remember Doug, Doug Emery, Emery, Aye, Emery. To, that's the kind of player they need something like yeah. that just to kind of make that defense or defensive midfield solid. They had McKinnon as well, who was a bit of a kind of wee bit of a hate figure in Scottish football, a wee bit. Mm. Folks see him as a bit of a thug, but again, a player that maybe helped them out, maybe gear on folk advice and different things like that. So we'll see what happens. I- Hamilton will probably be all right because they are every season. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think if you look at someone like Kamara, they've got that boy Powell. You know, I mean, somebody like that, like a, a right good grafter in midfield. And who's the other one they've got? It's Powell, Powell and Dicker. Dicker, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Two players like that, and then you've got the, the big lad up front. Uh, Kabamba. Kabamba, I. You know, I mean, big, solid, strong striker holds the ball up. 
The strikers you know are I mean? the boy they've got up front. Hamilton, I think, is all right. Um, is it a dolphin? Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen him actually. He looks. Like... I I think it's one of the it's one of the raw ones, isn't he? I'd imagine. Not a dolphin. Young. A dolphin's a centre back. Ogbo. Um, but I probably not. They probably not get anyone that's going to get you know, like 10, 15 goals a season. No. Um, so and I had a lot of creativity without Templeman mm. as well. Uh, but I may as well touch upon the St. Johnson game as well against Hamilton. As I said, we've touched on it briefly. Stevie May getting a couple of goals, clever goals, both front post. Um, makes the right run. Bryson got the two goals as well. Bryson never got two goals. Did he? I, I did. No, Stevie May. I made the price and not get two not goals. Well. well, this one got one and Bryson got two, didn't he? No, he never did. He did not. I'm sure he, I'm sure he got two. Conway. Conway, that's. <laughs> Do you know what? Every week I call him Bryson. <laughs> Bryson is that St. Johnson now, to be fair, but <laughs> no. Yeah, well, I'd be thinking I was going in the eye, couldn't we? Um, every time I do it, I always call him Bryson. I don't know why. It's like my Israel Cyprus thing. I don't know why it's like a mental blow. You had me wonder. You had me going, hey, but you're not impressed. I was so adamant. I think you, I, I think you try and test. You just try and test me. I think, I think you put right. But I'll put him on notepad this week. Let's, right, let's put down. I put put down this. And test about um, by St. Johnson when you consider the form they've been in recently. Really mm. good results and scoring loads of goals. They look really good attacking wise. Yeah, and it's good for Stevie May as well because to me, there's a boy that needs confidence big time. You know what I mean? For him to get two goals, and I must surely give him a wee bit more confidence. Aye. Well, they won, a, they won in the Betfred Cup 7 0 as well. May got a hat trick, so maybe that's out. And May, May is the type of guy that can go on a wee run of goals mm. um, with that. They don't look like a bad team, St. Johnson. People know the worst. Uh, I don't. I said to you, it's just going to be the team that can get out a, a run of bad results. Whoever has the least run will, will be the ones who will stay up because whoever has the worst will, will go down and they'll be left adrift, I tell you. Um, and, and so St. Johnson will be thinking, hopefully this will be them now starting to build up momentum and that. Hi, It probably looks easy to say after the last couple of games that St. Johnson have had, but St. Johnson have got goals in them. Mm. With the players that they've got, not just me, but you've got Hendry, you've got Waterspoon, Conway's got great experience. If they can get Bryson fit as well, then Bryson can be a, a great sign. It just never worked out at Aberdeen. They just could never get fit. Um, so whether, if, if he does, it's a great signing. Um, and I'm trying to remember whether I had St. Johnson maybe finishing sixth. I might have. I don't know. I did. I push John's um, top six. But they're you've got to consider as well Callum Davidson's coming as well, and it's his first management job, management job as well. So he's maybe kind of still getting used to being a manager and getting the players to get his ideas across and different things like that. So I know St. John's will be, be all right. I thought they played and they played good football. Just the only concern would be the fact that they did allow Hamilton back into the game. Hmm. Yeah, I mean sometimes that can happen when you're three now up you I mean, especially the way the season's going uh, with, with results. Uh, you can build that up and think everything's great and then the opposition scoring before you know it, they've scored another one. Um, 
Aye, well, we sent over the other week as well. We were talking about how it was the lowest goal, the lowest score in the season. Uh-huh. Um, and, I, and then since I think since then, like there's been goals galore all over the place. That's what happens, right? As soon as you start saying someone like making a statement, you know what I mean. Any of the from the, the game itself, any of the goals you would pick out as a contender for pick it out? Um, call me free kick, maybe. That's that's the one I was thinking of. The free kick. Uh, Stevie Mays doesn't seem to be anything. I think one was like a tap. It was a good cross, all the same. Ah, you've got one man that's having the front post, and you've got the corner, mm. and we kind of heads it in. But yeah, probably probably the free kick one has probably been the best one. For that one. Um, moving on, other games. Obviously, as we said earlier, the St. Mirren Motherwell game was postponed. Livingston and Kilmarnock. So, mm. Livingston this season just are struggling big time at home, mm. which is in total contrast to last season, whereby they were nailed and unbeatable at home. It was weird because I heard him after the game, um, their manager saying that. Uh, they thought they dominated the whole game. Um, I don't know about that. I thought, I thought they'd done well, and I thought they could have maybe taken something out, but when you said they dominated the game, so I was a wee bit surprised by that comment. The only um, thing is, when you watch highlights, it's quite hard to get a full picture, I think, of a game. Yeah, because yeah, even when they looked at this and stats aren't maybe always the be all and end all either, but I think they looked at it, I think Livingston had more of the possession, more chances, and stuff like that, but. Don't put the ball in the net, then you know That's what happens. Sad. I mean, the goal they scored was a good goal as well. Um, the boy Pittman scoring. I mean, he's a he's a good B player. He's a player. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Um, she's Scottish or English? What, what says nationality? I'm pretty sure he's Scottish. I think. Because I mean, can't test me out again. No, no, just thinking. Like, or something like that. <laughs> no, I was just thinking. I mean, um, he could be someone that could be maybe gonna be looking and he just next couple of years you know what I mean mm. um, in the Scotland team because he seems like a good decent midfielder there um, but I, I don't know what happened after that um, your man Cabalas scored a good goal again he, he, to me he's just a great striker I, I, I really like him um, he holds the ball well to get power Cabalas never scored I thought he scored no it was just bowler you sure? Yep. I'm not trying to trick you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I literally watched the highlights before I came on. Uh, no, it was a uh, test bowler. Well, there you go. He looked like a good striker then. He's a bad shooter. <laughs> I don't know anything about Kilmarnock. You know what I mean? Let's be honest with it here. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, he took his goal well. Hi. Oh, he did. Um... Do you think the penalty should have been a penalty? That Kamarnik got for power being brought down by Pittman, supposedly? Um, I could see why he's given it. I, I thought he clipped him, to be honest with you. He clipped him. Uh, I, I thought he did, but maybe I'm wrong. Like it's hard to tell. I think even with the replays, it was kind of quite hard to tell. I think. The, the problem with it is, is you're giving the referee a decision to make because it was that close to him as well. Um, so the referees gave me a decision, one shout there and then, um, and I can see why he gave it. To be honest with you. Yeah. 
And the last goal that Kamara scored, just McCauley doesn't deal with the cross, drops Aye. it onto Kilty's foot. It's just one of those things. He's, I think that what they were saying, Sportsman was right. He's, he's tried to palm it down so it bounces up and it comes into his hands and he's just made... Well, he's, he's basically what I've done. Aye, he'll learn from it. He'll learn from it. He, he will. I mean, all keepers will do at some point. Keepers always make mistakes. You know, I mean, you'll never have a keeper that's going to go through a whole season without making some sort of error or what have you. Um, so, in that side, it's one of those things. But I was a bit surprised, though. I didn't think Kelly would win, especially on 3 1 at Livingston. I may have had a draw down for that game, but. Especially after so many other players self isolating and different things like that. Um, I could have asked on the podcast account on Twitter what the result of the weekend was over the leagues and I think Kamaric result was, was voted as a top one mm. best result of the weekend Thanks. it was a bit of a shock I didn't. I don't think many folk thought Livingston could be off of Kilmarnock at home yeah so aye, there you go um, and then that's you you now know that Tispola is a midfielder aye aye can't wait for the the comments. I mean, I know my commander. Honestly, I was so convinced. I watched the highlights as well, and I was like, "Oh, he, what? He looks amazing, Kamala. What a player!" But I was, I was so certain. I said, "I'm gonna make sure make a point to
Um, just aye. half railing. Correct decision, I think. And there's no, no complaints. The other defender's not close enough, I think, to say that you would get back, especially where the pace that Boyle's got. Mm. I think there, there was another penalty they looked at. Um, is it? Right, if I get the name wrong, I apologise. Is it Cooper Sheriff or something? Or Cooper? It's a double barrel name. Defender, oh, Charles, Charles Cook. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Charles Cook. Um, uh, he put in a, a tackle, but he won the ball. And um, the boys went over afterwards and they were kind of saying, was it a penalty or not? Um, I think for me personally, this is one of these things that's starting to really annoy me about football nowadays. This, you can win the ball but then mental afterwards could still cause a penalty. Aye, or, or make it aye, or, or a foul yeah. aye. I, 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 it just, it's got to the point I just think you can't tackle in football. Aye, it's something that really infuriates me, because you, cause you'll sit there and you'll think, oh, that's a good penalty, sorry, that's a good tackle, he's won the ball, oh, he, he's went in and he's, he's took the man after he's won the ball, and then the next thing you know, it's maybe a red card, or it's a booking, it's a free kick, it's a penalty, and you just think, what? I, don't, I don't know, because now they're saying it's going in with force, so any tackle that looks like there's a bit of strength in it, you know what I mean? It just seems to be like free kick, and it's. it's can, you imagine, can you imagine if you had the likes of Billy Bremner and Graham Sunnis playing these days? They'd be sent off every match. I but did you hear Sunnis um, in Sky Sports um, talking about uh, how would you call it, how Pickford um, has to learn how to behave with, with regards to these tackles? And Carragher called him out. To be fair, and said. Are you joking with the amount of bad tackles you used to do? Aye, exactly, aye. <laughs> you know, um, it's, I, it made me laugh, so I did. Um, but, aye, it's just... I mean, don't get me wrong, that tackle's horrendous, the Pickford one. But um, it's just in general, I think it's something that I totally disagree with this. You win the ball when you're going by the follow-through, how fast the tackles, how strong the tackles I should say. Um, ah, you can't go on at speed for a tackle, you've uh, got to be a wee slow creep up on someone and, and win the ball cleanly. Yeah. Can't get the man after it or anything like that. I mean, you'll probably remember back in the day, remember Ali McCoy's tackle in Theo Snelders? Yes. Way back, he'd, he'd done Theo Snelders' um, cheekboning and Snelders um, was injured for like the rest of the season. It's probably... And uh, Rod, remember Rod Wallace? On Jim Lyons' yeah. last appearance as well. Uh, things like that would be an automatic red card. Back then, it was not even a book. Should, like, should, should have been. Like I should have been, but I. Should have been. But I was very at times. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, to me, it's kind of went a wee bit too soft. But it seems to be as soon as a player starts going for a sliding tackle, this could be a, some sort of free kick or booking. You may as well start banning sliding tackles. Oh, I mean, sliding tackles are no go. You just, you're mm. just not allowed. It's a good opportunity though to plug a good John's podcast. I did with John Rowlock last week. Uh, yeah, I heard bits. I've not finished it yet, but it's so far so good. It's a good John. It's a good character, I think, by all accounts. Mm. Uh, but uh, you said no. I've seen. I wasn't really seen much of the the Hibs highlights. Uh, McGinnis, who recently signed for them, he had a kind of really good shot from outside of the box. You had Nesbitt one cleared off the line, um, and then Harlan had a header towards the the end. Um, which was saved so aye they had enough chances certainly to win the game uh, Ross County certainly from the highlights I never really seen any kind of chances but when you seen the interview afterwards of Kettlewell he was pretty pleased with how Ross County had played so 
Aye, work in progress, Ibs. There's, there's signs that they, they're improving um, at times and then there's results like that that slip them up. But again, like the Aberdeen game, if you're creating chances, you're, you're going to put them away eventually. Cool. I think for Hibs this season, it's about maybe top six, hopefully getting the top four. I, th- I think that's really their main aim for this I season. Be, I think they'll be in the top four, I think Hibs. I think... There's been a wee bit of investment there as well in terms of players that they brought in, so mm. I don't. I think they they would be disappointed if they were just top sets. I think I always think we should give a wee bit more leeway because obviously the manager just came in and he's got a wee bit of work to do from what was there before. So I think I, I would say to him, like, get his top six, and then you have something to work upon for next season. Oh, I, you know what I mean? Because you don't want to say you don't want to say top four and then they come fifth, which, what, which would be a good season. What, what are you going to say then if uh, Celtic don't win the league this year, <laughs> and a new oh, manager really comes in, and a new manager comes in? Ah, it's all right. New manager at Celtic, just I top top three will do. That's different though. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, <laughs> right. expectations at Hibs, I would say, among fans, would be, I think, I top four, probably even wanting to try and get third um, push, I think. As it stands just now, I don't think Aberdeen or Hibs have got quite enough about them um, to go for first or second, maybe. We never know. If Celtic are going to be on the verge of collapse, and mm. maybe we can, we can challenge, but never know, never know. I don't, I don't see it. I'm beat it. Nah, I don't think we're on. I'm never uh, an optimistic Aberdeen fan, but I, I think Celtic and Rangers have got too much quality, unfortunately. Uh, just to say it's the squad, I think. You know I mean, I mean, I know our squad was bad against Rangers, but you would like to think that last lineup would be especially the lower half teams like, you know. Yeah. Um, but. As you say, you, you don't know until these games are played. Um, Just wait till we beat you twice. Oh God. <laughs> I tell you what, if you thought it was miserable after the last, the, the first two Scotland <laughs> games, pretty <laughs> see me after that, honestly. Yeah, it's no, a good job this podcast wasn't done at, say, what do you call it, three o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. Do, do you know what, by the way, see at the at full time, if it wasn't for the fact of... Uh, I had the Aberdeen game to watch. I think it would have been a perfect time to put a podcast out to get like fresh reactions. Um, so maybe we'll do that at some point after fresh after a game, get some reactions and see how that goes. I think there'll be a lot of bleeps. Oh, God. Oh. Do you know what I mean? If you think I don't talk any sense now, God, you should have heard me afterwards. Honestly, uh, I was like a spitfire blaming everybody. Aye. Um, so if you're saying that you never caught all of the Ross County and Hibs highlights is it any use me even asking you if you've seen the goals from the championship probably not no oh, I mean I've seen I've seen bits of the Hearts Falkirk game and Hearts looked really good to be fair Hearts and Dundee yeah hi, so there you go Hearts and Dundee <laughs> I'm having an absolute <laughs> right, think, honestly same course I'm blaming this totally I'm blaming this totally because Wait. I've focused so much of my attention on them this week. Since, you in the whiskey again? Since Saturday, I wish I was. I, I, I wasn't on, not on any whiskey. I've been drinking water and red wine. Um, water and red I've wine? I've had so much attention. Yeah, I, I take a glass of red wine and then sometimes I think that's enough. So I'll drink a wee pint of water afterwards. 
It's just sensible, it's sensible drinking. What is this all about? We don't advocate, advocate yeah. that in the podcast. Sensible drinking. <laughs> I'm getting old now. I'm, I'm 41 now, John. You know what I mean? I can't be living aye, the island. Aye, aye. Same. Um, so I, so, so I'm, I'm blaming Lennon for hearts and the goal. Aye, I seen the first goal, um, and then I had my wee boy. So I was like getting him settled down and seeing wee bits of the second half, but. I can't say I was paying much attention. Oh, that's to. all right. There's a few cont- just because there was a few contenders, I would say for pick it out for goal of the week. So you had Kingsley's free kick, which was a bit of a cracker, and then there was also as well a strike that he had in the outside of the box. So Hearts fans are loving him on his league debut, couple of goals. Andy Halliday scored the last goal for them on the overlap, oh. um, and then on the other side you had uh, Charlie Adams going for Dundee. I, I pretty decent goal. Going for Dundee, yeah. But if he, early on. Hearts looking very good. I mean, Dundee are expected to be one of the contenders for the league, and Hearts put them out of sight very easily. So, did they not have someone else, Dundee? That's in the lineup, and I remember thinking, oh, they've got no bad wee lineup. There was someone else they had. They have got Graham Dorans. Aye, that's it. I remember who thinking. they got last season. So, mm-hmm. aye. But a pretty good midfield, and they've got Ryan McGowan as well, that used to be at Hearts. Oh, the, the fullback? Yeah, aye, the Aussie. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it's only the first game of the season anyway it's a tough one as well for Dundee to go up to Tynecastle first game of the season Aye. I think they only played one game had they not uh, been a, maybe a couple in the Betfred Cup but same with Hearts would have played a couple as well but the other games as well you had Inverness against Dunfermline Inverness took the lead um, however Dunfermline came through 3-1 and when I asked for goals of the week contenders John, the other John, he mentioned Declan McManus's goal, which was pretty good. Good bit of strength and then a nice curling effort into the top corner. Um, so it's definitely a contender for to pick it out. Um, and then the other one I thought was pretty good was Wraith, was Wraith's opener, Eddie Boy Armstrong. I thought it was a pretty good goal. And if you look at the Morton Aloha game, it was just like, a pretty kind of standard goal um, for Morton. So there's no pick out contenders there. So for the first weekend, of the championship, pretty entertaining. Lots of goals on show as well. Just, Good to have it back. Just for us, us for us don't live up in Scotland, is there anywhere you can go online to see the goals or anything in the championship? All by YouTube would be your best bet. But they, they, they put them on at the end of a uh, sports scene on Sunday, which was good. Oh, I, 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 see, that's, I, I never that's watched what I caught one. him. It was the Saturday night one, I seen. Ah, uh, George, the Saturday, see, I. I don't ever watch the Saturday one. It's generally the Sunday one I watch, mm. um, and they've not—they've not really done that before. So hopefully that's a, a sign of things to come, or whether right, it was just the fact that they had one game less because the Motherwell St. Mirren game was off. But you—you you would hope that BBC would do that. We've kind of mentioned it before. Even if it is just the goals, it's a start in terms of doing something aside from the, the game on the Friday night they have on BBC Scotland. Um, yeah, because I, th- I think obviously when we do this podcast. I mean, that, that's the one area, because living down here, we, we, we don't get anything in the championship or what have you. And I think it'd be great if there was like BBC one at the end of the, the Sunday show, we're able to show you the, the, the not highlights, but at least the goals. Aye, or even a, a show of their own, a wee half hour. Mm. Half hour show. Because even well, when, they, they, when they do it in BBC Scotland and they have the game, there's not very much build up. You're only getting a five minute build up. No. The only time they've really got to do anything of any decent 
um, content is at half time because at the end again it kind of finishes quite abruptly so mm. I, if you're going to have that then why not have a wee you can have it on BBC Scotland it's no ideal for yourself if you're down south and you don't get BBC Scotland but sure the ideal that's what BBC Scotland is designed for I mean, the thing Scottish is, stuff all the BBC channels we can get down here with the sky anyway so there's no problem with that it's just like um, it just doesn't seem to be any output that's why I always ask I mean what would the STV show because obviously STV is a lot harder to get down here nah. um, nah, you get nothing on STV just nothing at all with STV nah you'll get the England games on but when uh, England are playing it's uh-huh. brilliant um, but I no um, try and whether any of the there was any real shocks in that league then probably last weekend the big game was probably Inverness well on Saturday, I would say the big game was in West and Fairland because they're both expected to be up near the top. Going down League One, another game that we've seen, um, which was a contender for Brazil where the weekend was Clyde beating full time Partick Thistle. I'll be honest with you, I've never seen any of the. I knew that the scores for the championships, but I never knew any of the scores for like below that. So, what, how did that end up? So, League One saw Ergy beat Peterhead 2 0, Clyde beat Partick Thistle 1 0. Uh, Cove Rangers, uh, who we spoke about last week in terms of some have got them up near the top of the table, some have got them down near the bottom, beat East 5 3 1. Forford at Barton was 0 0, and Falkirk, who did not play Hearts, uh, <laughs> won at Minshows 3 1. Uh, I still think Falkirk will come off for that league. I think they should win. Aye, I think uh, most people would say the same with that one. Uh, but I definitely Clyde beating Al at Partick Thistle was a wee bit of an upset. And mm. we had Robert Love on a few weeks ago on the podcast. His brother, Harley, scored the the winner. And I think at some point, I don't know when yet, but we're going to try and get Ali on the podcast as well. So it should be oh, interesting. Um, and with him being on second, he can tell us all the funny stories about his brother. Aye. <laughs> The true stories. Aye, though, uh, to be fair, Robert's going to come back on at some point as well, so um, it should Happy be good. Days. And then in League Two, I think the big result was probably Edinburgh City won 5 1. Um, and then I'm trying to remember other results now. It was one that stuck out. Were they playing Aaron, maybe? Um, I mean, they seem to have a really good setup, Edinburgh City. And- the reason well, why I'm saying this is it was breaking the um, I, I remember seeing them for the first time and the scores coming up and I think the first season they struggled if I remember right and I always kind of looked out for them because after years of having the same teams it was, it was weird seeing a different team in the lower leagues and since then I don't know I've always kept a wee eye out for Edinburgh City and they seem to be like progressing like every season so they, seem, they must have a good wee set up down there uh, I think, they've got a bit of, I think they've got a wee bit of ambition. Um, uh-huh. And then I think they've going to manage to pick up the, like maybe like Hibs and Hearts, Young Stars, or players that used to play there. And obviously, that it's a great catch, mate. There, if you're in Edinburgh, you're in the Central uh-huh. Bell. You're in a pretty, a pretty attractive club out to go to, I would think, if you're looking at that league. I mean, the Where is teams. the stadium? Oh, I want to say, is it the old Meadowbank Arena? Maybe. Oh, Meadowbank Thistle. I think. Meadowbank Stadium. Um, with that, but I know that there are teams. I think they're my possible, I think they were my tip for the top mm. this season again. No early days, the other results in that league 
Albion Rovers once, then Hillsborough three, Kilner Beef now, Aaron three, Stollen, Albion and Queen's Park now now, and Strindard get beat four one by Elgin. So again, lots, aye, again lots of goals in that league. Uh, weekend so for an opening mm-hmm. opening weekend, you're maybe thinking things will be a bit cagey and all that, but maybe the the couple of games that teams have had in the Betfred Cup helped me a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's also the fact they've had loads of time to be training, you would think as well. They must be they must be maybe fitter than what the Premier ship players were at the start of their season. Because mm-hmm. they've had that more time to train. That's a bit of a shock we strung out for them to come up. It's only an opening day. It's only it's opening day. Four one though that's quite a hefty defeat. It was interesting in that league there was four away wins. So um, next week we should hopefully have someone on that's a bit of an expert in the well what was the juniors and now the West of Scotland set up so I'm hoping he's going to come on this week but I'll, I'll find out for a I'll tweet it out later in the week um, and as I said earlier good John did his blog on the Scotland women team so check that out it's Albania and Finland that they are playing. Yeah, so yeah. Double header. Remember reading about how good Finland does these days. Apparently, they're supposed to be a really good team. Aye, well, Finland are the the top of the group. I think they are one three drawn one. Um, Scotland have played two games, one two, and scored thirteen goals. So, if Scotland can win both the games ahead, then. It will stand them in good stead, but yeah, no, it is European qualifiers, and it was it's like our the metal, well, not our the men's tournament. It's a twenty twenty one Euros, mm. but it's delayed to twenty twenty two. But I'm still calling it Euro twenty twenty one. So, right. so basically, I check out the blog with the World Cup and everything. Oh, is it going to be in the summer? Because I think the World Cup 2022 is winter, isn't it? Aye, oh, well, it's going to be Qatar, isn't it? And mm. who knows what will be happening by then. Um, no, so I think the game on Friday coming up is in Alba. Pretty sure. But what I say, and the women's game in the league started at the weekend as well. Yeah, I've seen, um, I've never seen the game, but I've seen it advertised, I think, in BBC Alba, they were showing, uh, it was a Glasgow City against Celtic, I think. Glasgow City against Celtic, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Glasgow City won that game too now. I mean, I think, obviously, Glasgow City are the dominant team but uh, in that league, but by all accounts, from what I'm hearing, is the Celtic had put a bit of money behind the, the ladies' team. Um, oh, yeah, I think they've both gone full-time, on it? Think yeah. so. They are they are hoping to certainly be competing and try to win that league. Mm, uh, I know a guy that's involved with the Rangers youth setup, but they kind of girls teams. Mm. He was saying, "I that that's the the target for him is to win the league." Is it? I think it's. I don't know if it's still Gregory Vinyar that's there, the manager there. Oh, is it the Rangers? The the Rangers women's manager. Vignal? Yeah, I think so. Um, there was a wee set that like they did. The weekend, I was kind of checking out on the BBC website, and there was a wee section that had the the women's results. But obviously, when you're trying to find it now, I can't find it. I think Rangers won about five one. I want to say. 
I, I, I always think trying to find the Scottish women's scores is just ridiculously hard in BBC. I mean, you can get the, the, the English women's one straight away, but it takes a wee while to find the Scottish women's uh, game. I want to say as well, for, for Farmington beat Motherwell. Um, I think what other result was. That is typical. I can't find it now. But it, it was at some point of the weekend, it was there. Um, so I, it's good for them to have the game back domestically. And then I, good luck to them in the, the games to come. Um, good John as well has started our predictor challenge with the lower leagues against Ali Graham. So a lower league expert. So we've seen that probably on Twitter. And good John, he won the first week for the podcast team. So we are 1 0 up. So. Hey. We go into week two, and it is going to be you that is up against Ali. Okay. So we are going to pick the three games just now. So we one game from each league. So we're going to look first of all to pick supposedly what the game of the weekend is in each league, but it's very early days to say that. So mm. we will go for. Let me see. Inverness mm-hmm. versus Air United. What will the score be? What was their score mid um, Saturday? Air one two one. I actually forgot to mention that game. So Air won the first game two one. Inverness lost the first game three one to the fair one. Uh, one each. You've got one each. Right, okay. And we shall then look at what there is in League One in terms of the fixtures. Let me just double check what's to come. So we've got the Barn Clyde, East Fife, Montrose, Falkirk, Forfar, Partick, Airdrie, Peterhead, Cove Rangers. I think we will go for Peterhead Cove Rangers just due to them being in close proximity. 1-0 Peterhead. You're going 1-0 Peterhead. Interesting. Interesting. So, because Peterhead lost their opening game 2-0 and Cove won their first game 3-1, but you're going Peterhead, right? Yeah. Every face in the heads of Peter. The heads of Peter. Uh, and then League 2, the fixtures that we have are so, Aaron Stranraer, Edinburgh St Kildon Beef, Elgin versus Brecon, Queen's Park Albion Rovers, Stenhouse Muir, Stirling Albion. I think we will we'll go for Aaron against Stranraer. So, opening game, Aaron won 3 0 at Kildon Beef. And as we said, Stranraer lost 4 1 at home to Elwood. Go 2 1 Stranraer. 2 1 Stranraer, right, okay, for them to bounce back. Right, so the three games we picked are Inverness versus Air, Tony has gone 1 0, Peterhead versus Co Rangers, Peterhead 1 0, and Aaron versus Stranraer. 2-1 so we'll tweet that out and then we'll get what the results are that Ali's predicting as well 
and see if we can make it 2-0 to the podcast team. No. Alright, so no pressure, no pressure Tony. <laughs> Aye, as if I'm going to win that. Well, you never know, you never know. Mm. Um, it's tough It's tough to predict the wall again, I think, in the best of times, but mm. uh, we, we shall see. I think we've probably covered everything in the, the, the week gone by. I think the only thing you were wanting to talk about at the start was maybe about the fact that Aberdeen were trying to get another test event um, scheduled, but it's been rejected. Yeah, yeah it's, it's one of these things that I, I don't know which way to kind of go on, to be honest with you. I, I understand the footballing authorities trying to get the fans back in. I really do, and as a fan who enjoys going to games, I mean, I've said before, like, I used to travel up every so often to see the Celtic games from down here, and I would go and watch um, the local team down here, Ron Conlinitz, which is like in the seventh or eighth tier of English football. Um, so not being able to do any of that is it's frustrating, and it's, it's, it's not great, you know what I mean? But then, on the other hand, I think... I don't, it doesn't sound right with me that you'd be able to go to the games and then you have parts of the country like in lockdown completely, you know what I mean, where everything else is closed down and there's just all other stuff. I mean, you can't get to, like, like down here at the minute, for example, there's a lot of problems with dentists and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know what I mean? That, so, like, stuff like that. Um, it's an enviable, enviable decision. The people that are having to make these decisions, and you, you wouldn't want to be the one that was having to make them because you, you wouldn't win either way. Um, I, I think probably the problem with the football teams is, I think, to begin with, when it first kind of broke in March, they were thinking, oh, maybe we're going to get fans back in October. And then you started thinking, oh, is it even going to be by the turn of the year? Mm. And then the more and more you, you hear what the, the experts say, you're thinking, is it going to be a full season with no fans? Mm. <laughs> if, if that's the case, I don't think it will just be the, the teams in the, the likes of the lower leagues or the non-leagues that will be struggling. I think you'll find that some of the teams, even in the, the senior flight, would be would be concerned about how they're going to get revenue and how they're going to manage to afford players' wages and stuff like that. I know teams and players took wage deferrals and different things like that, but you just wonder about the, the long-term future of water clubs. It's it's just a mess with the whole law. I mean, as much as I'm saying it doesn't sit well with me, like the ground's been re back open again, it doesn't sit well with me that Arsene Wenger can have the Royal Alba Hall. You know, oh, it was like, yeah. like it was a 2004 or something like that there or something. I mean, you know, that, that doesn't sit well with me either. And I just think... Like, I don't even mess. know. Arsene, I don't even know Arsene Wenger had a new album out. <laughs> this is new career, um, but it, it, it's just dead for frame. It's. I, I think one thing that somebody has made a good point. I think it's James McFadden keeps actually saying, and I think it's really valid. I've not actually heard anyone from either the Scottish government or the UK government come out and say. Well, the reason the grounds aren't opening because of this, you know, they're not actually giving any like facts or anything, which I find a bit bizarre that they just kind of went, well, the grounds are shut and that's it. 
you, you know, and I think I think that's probably was infuriating because then at least if you had something you could work to. So if they said, well, yeah. if it gets to this stage, we can look at reopening them, or I mean, or if you you had this percentage, or I, I don't know, there's something viable that the clubs could work to. Then I think the clubs would be even more understanding. But at the moment, it just seems to be this blanket no to to sports. Aye, well, I think like any decisions that are getting made, much as we're only hearing about them maybe a couple of days before what's happening, these talks are happening weeks in advance and then they've got a rough idea what's happening. So, aye, if the team's at least had this roadmap in terms of when they can maybe get some more test events, and I'm not asking for full capacity crowds, they're just asking for maybe 500, like just... Yeah, I mean, you know, a distance, but I feel we're going to be having this conversation still in March, kind of time. If if that is the season still going by then, uh-huh. um, well, which we're off in today, there was the announcement about they're trying to make contingency plans about what happens if the, the season is curtailed like it was last year. Mm. Um, why we're only, only having these discussions now in October as opposed to prior to the season, or even at the end of last season when it all happened, so they'll have the same mess again. Uh, but again, you know, common sense would tell you that. But it's, it's just bad. It's bad process. It's what we've been saying nearly every week that they're just reacting to things. There's no like proaction to anything. It's basically let's see what happens and then we'll we'll cross our bridge when we have to. There's no kind of thought process behind it. And that's the thing that's infuriating. I think for everybody. Because nobody knows what's going to happen from week to week. Yeah. Um, I don't like to end the podcast on a, on a negative, so I'm trying to find a positive maybe we can end on if there's anything that you've seen on social media or that that was, was entertaining or you found interesting. Um, I'm trying to think now. Um, da, 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 da. Um, I watched um, the AC Milan Inter Milan game. Very enjoyable. Um, ah. For anyone that isn't... Um, the ones to be able to watch a league that's maybe a wee bit more different to the Scottish league, and maybe doesn't like the the money that's flung in with the English league. Um, Italian league seems to be very good this year. To be honest with you, Juventus don't seem to be hitting heights, um, and it was a good game between AC and Inter Milan. Aye, uh, well, Ibrahimovic scored an early double, and then they finished two one. Two one, aye, it was really enjoyable. Um, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed that game. Um, just try to think what else there's been a good situ- there's a good situation just now in the big leagues whereby it's none of your usual contenders are top currently no. so what you've got Everton yeah. in the, the Premiership you've got Leipzig in the mm. Bundesliga Leo Leo in the League 1 AC Milan and Spain oh no maybe Spain is Real Madrid is it oh no it's Real Sociedad I think I see our top because um, Real Madrid and Barcelona both could beat the weekend, so. Um, also, as well, we've, I think today they've announced that some clubs are wanting to start a European league. Have you seen that? Oh, I know. See, see like that kind of pish talk. I'm fed up with that. <laughs> That's been going on for years. I know what oh, I can finish on. There was a wee story that I was going to tell, which was this book. So, Us and Them, which is about football rivalry. So, hmm. the good lady bought me it. Um, She's seen it online, had a wee chat with a guy that one of the authors 
because he was like, oh, how come you've ordered a few of them? Because he's ordered one for me and a couple for some other folk as well. And then get chatting away and he was really interested in the wee email conversation. Weirdly enough, the guy that she was emailing, it turned out that he used to stay in the house we live in. <laughs> I, I, I don't like that kind of stuff, honestly. Oh, that's... Weird, oh, oh. uh, oh. I started it, uh, so it wasn't them. Um, I started it last night pretty good so far, so it's a good read. Um, so, yeah. I'll maybe send it on to you when I've finished. Is it all different football rivalries? Aye, yeah, sure. Yeah. The first, the first you, chapter is about the introduction of the Kosovo national team. Because oh. um, there's a bit of debate about whether Albanians would support them or not. Yeah, because it was all that thing with um, Shakiri, wasn't there? Yes, yes. I think we're going to say Shakira for a minute. Uh, do you know what? That's why I, I, I just stop for a minute. That's how little confidence I've had tonight. I mean, I'm slagging the Celtic backline. Um, aye, Shakiri and who was the other one? The um, Xhaka. Yes, spot on. Um, um, the most, the probably the most high-profile player I would say the place with Kosovo is Milo Rashisha. It plays at uh, Verda Bremen. I've maybe pronounced his surname wrong. Um, but I no, and it's very interesting reading that. I don't actually know what the next chapter is. Sometimes I look at it at the start of the book and go, maybe it's the chapters. Whereas with this one, I'm trying to avoid it so that I get a wee bit of surprise in terms of what's coming up next. So mm-hmm. that's good. But he also chucked in a free book as well. So um, that was pretty decent of him. Huh? As well, but I've not checked that out yet. What his wife was like, it was like, was it last night or maybe two nights ago? And I started reading it, and she was like, how come you've waited so long to read it? I'm very bad at reading books. I can read, mm. but um, I just I take my time with books. I've got books probably in the bookshelf here. I mean, not my wife's. That mm. I probably haven't even started, and I've had them for, for years. I was the same with DVDs when DVDs were a thing. I know, I know as much of a thing. I've got DVDs that I'm not even held the rapper that I've bought in the past. I find with books, I probably read them when I'm, before I go to bed. I'll have a wee read an hour beforehand. I used to, where well, we used to work together, um, yes. during a, a lunch, I would um, have a wee read then, you know, because uh, we used to get an hour. Uh, but, um, I, so recently, I've, I've, American football being on as well, I've kind of stayed up a wee bit later, so I'm not going to uh, watch, so I'm not going to bed like, as early as I would normally. Yeah. So I have not read as much. Uh, it's a weird one because like we're reading much I don't read books often see when I do get into a book like I do enjoy it and I understand when people say oh you get a good book you, you know what put it down you want to see what's maybe mm. I read it to the end holiday see when I'm on holiday but I'm but I need to be totally relaxed and I'm totally relaxed by the pool I can read a book no problem I can't be bothered with reading books on holiday I just it's just too much of an effort with what you call with the sun hitting the pages and all that. Or the book and flipped tried, apart because of the water and stuff like that that falls apart in the sun. Uh, and then I tried it with a tablet and that irritated me too much. So now I just relax, listen to my podcast or, or what you call music and just go in the pool. Aye. Uh, oh, the other thing as well I was going to mention. So the second half of the Aberdeen Hamilton game wasn't quite as entertaining as the first half. So we're going to a subject that. that you know how like lockdown and some bands have been doing like lockdown concerts whereby you pay to watch and all that type of thing. So she's bought Amy McDonald, think she's ended up or something like that. She's playing. Now the other week we were away and it turned out I seen a reply to you know how you get Instagram stories? Mm-hmm. 
So she replied to a story to me McDonald. Just, ah, just a wee message, just that type of thing. Turned out she sent about five messages to me McDonald in the past. So we were all sitting, the boy, me, that's his, the boy's girlfriend. We decided to play a game of how many how many times have you interacted with a celebrity on Instagram stories and got a response? Have you ever commented on an Instagram story from a celebrity and had a response? I've not done it. I've sometimes had interactions on Twitter with folk, but not Instagram yeah. stories. Yeah, not Instagram stories. Twitter, I've, I've had folk. Who's um, your most high profile? Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> well, I know. Oh, I know. How do you, what, 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 <laughs> did, what did you message her there, Tony? <laughs> um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd seen it. She'd done an interview. Oh, what was it? It was on... Um, Oh, I'm trying to remember. It was one of the late shows with the Scottish guy. Oh, I can't remember. And I watched it. And I just tweeted out, I think, oh, just seen Jennifer Love here, blah, blah, blah. Hope you're still a Celtic fan, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. And then um, about three o'clock in the morning, I remember waking up. Cause I know I have my phone in silent. It rang. So I turned around and I just went into the and it was Jennifer Love here saying, yeah, come on the hoops. And I was like, boom, 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 waking my missus up going, Jennifer Love here knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so so that, that was like the, the highlight. Um, I don't that's, think anything's ever better. That's big. That, that, that's, uh, that's Obviously, the so podcast, that. we've had some interactions with the likes of some of the footballers and stuff like that. But mm. Tim Burgess at Charlton's have had we. Oh. Responses from him, like my music, obviously. Um, so that was good, but I, it was, it was quite an interesting one. We basically had the game of like check your phone to see who have you ever had any interactions with celebrities mm. anywhere. I, yeah. I just find it a bit, uh, I don't know. You see some people like constantly mentioning uh-huh. celebrities all the time and trying to get things. So, um, RT for my birthday, and it turns out it's Hulk Hogan or something like that. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest with you unless something I mean I, I don't tend to interact with celebrities I mean I think when I first got it I did a wee bit but then uh, especially with Twitter but then Twitter and social media now is really football for me it, it's mostly about finding out what's going on and interacting with other supporters do you um, remember when you first started going on Twitter follow Friday yeah, that's oh, right, yeah. It's Follow Friday still a thing on Twitter. I remember it used to be brilliant. You used to go, you, you get folk at doing a wee Follow Friday, so maybe we need to bring that back. Aye, that, that could be an idea, actually. Because... It was a good wee community Twitter at the start, I think. Mm. Now it's just full of hatred. Do you know what? It really annoys me when people have a go at, at, at people on Twitter because uh, someone who lives down south, and I say it nearly every week, it's very rare you get anything about Scottish football down here. So... Twitter's like a godsend because you get to see things and hear things well in advance and things that you don't maybe hear in the Scottish mainstream media. You hear about, you know, wee stories and all that kind of thing. And sometimes there's a load of nonsense, but you know, you think you hear stuff and you have a wee chuckle to yourself or what have you. So I should maybe try and do something to get Twitter back up and running. Aye. One thing I would say as well is on the podcast account as well. There's wee lists that I've created, which has got the Premiership teams, the Championship teams, mm-hmm. League One, League Two, the Lesser Scotland League, the Warren League, and some other stuff. So 
good way to get some news as well. I like using it for news as well, mainly. Um, mm. I think maybe it's... I Since I've been doing this, I've probably been following the West of Scotland League. So that keeps coming up in my timeline now. Yeah. So I'm seeing stuff and finding out more stuff about West of Scotland League and those teams, whereas, yeah, maybe even like two or three months ago, I wouldn't know anything about the West. Aye, well, if you go, see if you want to if you go to the podcast account and then you check the last, you'll see you get basically it's basically a news feed just for West of Scotland teams. It's quite handy in different other leagues. But no, I enjoyed that. Good way to end, as I say, trying to end in a positive, yeah. as opposed yeah. to the the current situation. So thanks again, Tony. No worry. I just think that tonight we've been the poor man sainting. Greavesy, but we've got there in the end. I've been Greavesy. I can't even argue with that. You've been Greavesy? I don't know. All the mistakes. Well, (laughs) maybe so, but I think I've got the the lack of hair, the Greavesy, and I could maybe do a Greavesy moustache. Maybe next week I'll do a Greavesy moustache. Do you know what? I, just before we go quickly, I have actually been watching some of the old Saints and Greavesies, and it's it's all right. It's no it's no like out of this world. But when you compare it now to what happens in the top league of England, it's it's mental. But in fairness, back in the day, they used to get all of the big players and managers on the show. Aye, they were entertaining though for their time. Yeah. Was, um, but aye, you maybe not get away with some of the stuff now. No, but aye. Um, I, so anyone's got YouTube, probably look at some of the old Saint Greavesy. It's it's good as well seeing the likes of the big teams like Man City in Division Three, uh, in Division Two, and all that kind of thing. Aye, it's, it's the one I seen last night. I think the the, the big game was between um, Hull and I think it was Blackburn. Was in Division Four? Because they used to go through all the leaks and they used to show it. It's aye, it's. It's dead interesting when you see all the old grounds and everything like that, and it wasn't that long before the Premier League. So, Aye, and also do they, they do a wee segment to Scotland always at the end as well. So it's quite interesting. Football was better than eighties, wasn't it? Late eighties, <laughs> early nineties, far <laughs> better. Yeah. Right, okay. Cheers again, Tony. Speak to you soon. No worries. Cheers, mate. Bye. <laughs>